All right, week eight, Home Dogs podcast, almost at the halfway point of the NFL season. Hard to believe, but uh, here we are. Week eight, late October, Halloween this weekend. It goes by quickly, as we always say, and as Mike Francesa would love to say, it's going to be Thanksgiving before we know it. But uh, week eight is here. We had a really tough week seven, man. I thought we had some great picks. I was feeling really good going into Sunday. We went two and three in our main entry. We're now 19, 15, and one in the circuit contest. Man, we could have been five and zero so easily. I mean, I guess the Broncos just stink, and that was a bad pick. But the the Lions and the Texans were just crushing losses. The Lions against the Cowboys—it's still sticking with me. They were, they were driving down in the fourth quarter to take the lead. They get this nice screen pass to some big tight end, who somehow takes it to the one yard line. He somehow doesn't get in. Campbell still should have challenged to review it. It was that close. Regardless, they have first and goal on the one, and Jamal Williams fumbles it, and that was the end. Of that and then the texans were up on the raiders in the second half and then just totally fell apart davis mills just can't hang for for four quarters so uh so close to being four and one i know it was a rough week for a lot of other contest players out there consensus was one and four we were two and three we're still hanging around we didn't drop that many places we're still in like a thousandth place we're four points out of the money we're still there but man we really need to break out so uh travel let's start with you just we just can't put together a big week can we now it's frustrating. I mean, but it, I I did like the calls. I mean, you laid out Detroit pretty well. If you look at the statistics for the Broncos game, I mean, they win that game on a four out of five times. It's crazy. I mean, they outplayed the Jets so dramatically. Um, so that that was pretty frustrating. And then even on Thursday night, which I knew was our fuck it entry, but like, you know, Andy Dalton back to back pick sixes in a matter of moments. I mean, they were winning the game and then all of a sudden they were down like 14 points or whatever it was, you know, in like two and a half minutes. And that was just fucking miserable and i think at that point we knew it was it was we were in for a long week yeah when you get two pick sixes on thursday in a span of 30 seconds that that was pretty rough but mark we also did a double going against your jets and and they burned us again the five and two jets i don't even know if they played well zach wilson somehow they keep winning these games and he stinks so what what do you make of this it's got to end sometime right And, and hopefully this week yeah, I think uh, I think I want to double New England um, this week against the Jets. So I know we're zero and two when we double against the Jets, but maybe we can turn that around. Uh, yeah, in terms of the Jets, I think they they've been super lucky as kind of like everybody in the media has documented. Played a fair number of backup quarterbacks in their in their win streak. Uh, the win over Rodgers and Green Bay was impressive, but outside of that, I think they're just getting lucky schedule wise. So I, I, I think I still think we should go against this team. Just if I could give us credit for one thing, and I mentioned this earlier, but like we've had the fortitude to avoid Tampa Bay and Green Bay uh, for the majority of of the year, and that served us pretty well. Honestly, I think there have been some opportunities to go back in or where it could have gotten drawn back in, and we haven't taken the bait. Now, that may change this week, but um, I think we've done a really good job so far steering clear of those two teams, and that's both been, you know, they've both been landmines. Yeah, great point. And I I know we, we bowed out of Survivor contests in week five would we make it to when the jags burned us but there's no way we would have made it this far had we still been alive with the the patriots and the bucks going down this past weekend that that was pretty brutal for everybody i know that the circuit contest has like six thousand entries and i think they're down to 125 entrants so really tough year and impressive if you're out there and listening and still alive in your survivor pool that that is awesome so uh mark you mentioned the double with new england let's just start right there because because i'm with you it's up to two and a half now I think anything under three, I'm game. Belichick coming off a blowout loss. Uh, they've beaten the Jets 12 straight times. They beat them 54 to 13 last year. So I, I do worry a little bit about the Jets wanting some revenge, but it's not like a lot of the, those players are even here this year. Just a couple stats that I found that uh, 
the week after Belichick has a ATS loss of 21 or more. So that would count towards this week because they were favored by favored by eight and they lost by 19. And that he's 11 and one against the spread the following week. So when Bill gets blown out, he comes back hard the next week. I don't even have to think twice about this game. Let's just double it now. Mark, obviously you're on Trav, you too. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I would just remind you of rule 1,492 in our text chain is no doubling a road fave. Um, uh-huh. But I guess we can go <laughs> against that in this case. Yeah, I mean, Maybe entering the, one doesn't really matter anymore, right? Like, it's not the, a double. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, the Jets, just just one other thing. The Jets have covered by an average of two touchdowns and fading those teams after week five um, covers at a 60% clip. So that would benefit New England. And obviously the Jets are really banged up coming out of the Denver game. Um, and New England was a mess on national television, even though this line hasn't really moved. So, you know, I I, I like it. I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, Trav, you, you hit on it. I mean, the, the two big Jets injuries, I know one's a running back. Uh, Brees Hall is out for the year. You know, most people might discount running backs, but he's been like their offensive playmaker the entire season. Um, he had a 60-yard TD run last week. A couple weeks before that, he had another long run. And then they lost their best offensive lineman, yeah, ABT. And that, that offensive line has a lot of, a lot of been doing a lot of shuffling this year already. And then I had a couple other stats. Mike, kind of similar to yours, Patriots off a double-digit loss since 2000. I know this is slightly a Brady stat, but they're uh, 25 and 9 against the spread. And then for context, I thought it was interesting. New England was favored by 6 at the Jets last year in Week 2. Here, they're only favored by 1.5. I know they've struggled this year, uh, and the Jets are playing much better, but I don't think these teams are that much different than last year. Yeah, I mean... I don't know who we're going to see at quarterback. I'm guessing Mac Jones will start again after Bailey yeah, Zappi kind of shot the bed. I think he was going to start. Okay, yeah, they I, said I Mac, Mac was going to start. Yeah. I think. Which they, was, I mean, we could take two seconds. Like that was among the more bizarre things I've ever seen. And I guess you know, Bill just doesn't have to answer for these things. But like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, and I'm I guess all good if, with I guess if Mac Jones, in, I would just rather they started him. Yeah, and I guess if Mac Jones, if that interception was caused by the ESPN Skycam wire, then that makes it a little better. I, I just thought it was weird that even <laughs> Bill said he was going to play Mac Jones in the second half, like that was the plan if the game didn't get out of hand. It's just really strange. It, it was it was weird. It, it was all yeah. really weird. Now, I mean, it's, Mike, I think you sent this around this week, and we should just keep it in mind not to take away from this call, but... Belichick with Brady against the spread, 187, 127, and 10. Without Brady, 39, 38, and 1. Yeah, that's pretty stark. But this is like a kitchen sink game for them at this point, sitting at, what are they, 3 and 4? Yep. They need yeah. it. And uh, he can still set the record, that coaching record, uh, move into second place all time. So as we said, I think he tied the record in Cleveland, which I'm sure was good for him. And now he can do it at the Jets, another another okay, revenge spot One for other Bill. Uh, crazy stat I want to throw out the uh, Yes. This Sunday will be the first time since 2001 that the Jets are facing the Patriots with a better record, which I thought was just like mind-boggling. Wow. I mean, 12 in a row is pretty crazy, too. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. the Jets have been really bad, but you think they steal one here or there. With the, That's a lot of coaches we've gone back to 12 <laughs> straight losses to the Pats. So, all right, yeah. let, let, we're putting this one in. I mean, it, it's we got to take it. We said it on Monday night. Got to take the Pats off that primetime clunker. So, lock it up. One thing I was going to try and push for the screw it entry was to take the Bucks tomorrow night. We're taping this on Wednesday, but I, as this day has gone along, the line has moved from Baltimore minus two to now Tampa minus one. So I don't know what to make of that. I guess Baltimore does have some injuries. Calais Campbell's out. Uh, I know J.K. Dobbins is on injured reserve now. Bateman's probably out. Mark Andrews could be out. So it, it could just be Lamar running for his life by himself throw into Devin Duvernay or whatever, but uh, Brady 10 and one against the spread as a home dog 
that doesn't apply anymore since they're favored. So that kind of pisses me off. But uh, he's still, yeah, I don't, all my Brady stats are gone. I did this, this afternoon. He was seven and one against the spread as a dog in prime time. So maybe we just throw this out now. Trav, what, what do you think here about your boy? It's rough. Yeah, I still kind of was interested in Tampa. I don't know. I mean, you know, we, again, we've avoided them so far and done well to do so, but they haven't covered since week two. So at some point they're going to cover again. A team coming off an offensive output between zero and nine points in getting between zero and 30% of the bets, which which the Pats, or excuse me, the Pats, uh, the Bucks are only getting 25% <laughs> of the bets. That covers it over 60%. So that would apply to Tampa here. I mean, they couldn't have looked worse losing to Carolina. I think Carolina's line is inflated in their favor this week. I think maybe this Tampa line, even though it's moved the other way on some of the Baltimore injuries, I think this could similarly be a little bit, get a little bit of value here with Tampa at home. Um, I don't know what you've seen on the field to show you that, but they're just, it, it's never going to, you're never going to have worse sentiment than you have right now. And I think I'd be willing to jump back in. Now, he, a 45 year old quarterback on a short week, you know, after his bedtime, that would, <laughs> that would make me a little bit worried, but that's kind of all, right. all I got. Great point. I don't have much to add. I, I think just the, a lot of injuries on both sides, but would be willing to throw in the fuck injury. All right, let's see. Let's see where we get. It's it's nice to lock in a few, and nice to have the Thursday game if we need. But I don't need to force it. Marco, what was your top play this week, other than the Pats? Uh, yeah. Next, I think I'm going to go with Arizona. I think they're plus three and a half at Minnesota. They're coming off an extended week. Granted, the the Vikings are are coming off a bye week. I, I just felt like watching the game last Thursday, their offense looked more competent with DeAndre Hopkins back in the mix. Kind of gets those contested catches, um, especially if it's like third and five, like those kind of situations. And I think the, the Minnesota defense is supremely overrated. They're they're 24th in defensive DVOA, but. They've caught a lot of breaks along the way. They face the Bears and the Saints without both their top two wide receivers in those games. Plus, they've caught the Saints without Kamara. Uh, they got the Lions without DeAndre Swift, and then Amon St. Brown got hurt in that game. Uh, they faced the Dolphins, who were on their second-string quarterback and then had to play Teddy B after Skylar Thompson got hurt without a full week of reps. And I just think it's a bad matchup for Cousins. Uh, the cards tend to blitz a lot. I think they have the second-highest blitz rate in the NFL. And Cousins, Kirk Cousins is 34th out of out of 37 QBs uh, in PFF grade when facing a blitz. A couple other ATS stats to throw out. Kirk Cousins, 2-5 and five against the spread off a bye. Kyler, 10-1-2 against the spread as a road dog of three or more points. I, I think it's a good spot to, to grab uh, Arizona here. I think Minnesota's overrated, but interested to hear you guys' takes too. It, so, so I actually, I'm intrigued by this and I'm going to give a lot of like devil's advocate arguments on the other side, Mark, but I would not be against taking Arizona. So I don't understand this line at all. This was five and a half on Sunday night. It's now down to three and a half. Minnesota is off a bye and very healthy. Like they have no one on the injured list. Arizona's banged up all over the offensive line, despite having played Thursday, right? So they have a little bit of extra rest of what they normally would have, but Hudson Humphreys and Garcia all didn't practice or haven't practiced so far. Uh, Beecham and Ford have been limited. So their offensive line is totally destroyed. Um, they're still getting all the bets and money though at this three and a half number, even though it's way down from where it had been. So I don't know what that tells you. Maybe that's, you know, enough to to take Arizona. I mean, the biggest thing to me is, you know, JJ Watt had a baby this week. If he plays, I'm all in on Arizona. They're four and one against the spread outside the division and Minnesota's one and two against the spread outside the division. So I like that as well. But I think the JJ Watt new dad factor it was the biggest thing that I say. Yeah, first glance for me, I was also in on Arizona, but then as I dug deeper uh, to some of Trav's points, I was a little scared just seeing that 72% of the bets are on the cards, 84% of the money's on the cards. It seems like that's, that's just going to be an automatic consensus play for everybody. You're getting Kyler at three and a half, four. Like, why wouldn't you take that? So 
then I was like, maybe we should go the other way. But I, I'm not taking Cousins. I'm not advocating that. Kingsbury is 21-9-2 against the spread as an underdog and 15-3-2 uh, against the spread on the road. So he's won and covered eight straight on the road also, which mind mind-boggling stats, really, because I think he's terrible. Yeah, I don't think we have I mean, to force this game. I think those are those are good points. Sorry. I mean, what Go do you think about the offensive line stuff? Because that's that's what the only thing tangible that really worries me is this, these offensive line injuries. And I'm just curious, like you're you're normally no, that's all a good that. point. Because so I remember that... talking about that uh, going into one of their games this year. Maybe it was last week's game. It was last week Saints. with the Saints. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of scared. Or yeah, I think I wanted to take the Saints because of that. Yeah, I think it's concerned. I, I just think the Minnesota defense is overrated, but. Um, I don't know. I feel like I, I don't know their defensive line that well. I don't either. Minnesota's. I know they don't have Everson Griffith anymore. I, I'd like to look into the pressure stats, I guess. And, and for whatever reason, it seems like Arizona's defensive or offensive line held up decently last week against the Saints, but maybe that was just a, a beat up Saints team. So And they did get 14 points off of Andy Dalton. So good point. Yeah. The maybe Saints stay away. The Saints just could be awful. Like they're two yeah. and five. I, I just think they're so banked up, the Saints. I know. That's true. But but this Dennis Allen might not be good either. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe Jameis will be back this week. That's the game I have no opinion on, but maybe we get to it later. Trava, what's the top of your board? We'll keep Arizona around and, and see what else we get. Yeah, I don't know. I have a couple big numbers that I don't want to talk about just yet, but uh, you know, it was one on top of my board last week, and I'm glad you guys talked me out of it. But but Atlanta laying four at home against Carolina. Atlanta's off, you know, uh, getting beat up. I'd say by Cincinnati. Although I really like the way they fought, particularly in the first half. I was texting you guys like I took a lot of positives out of that for Atlanta because since he's now back and just clicking on all cylinders. Atlanta didn't just quit and go home. They played, you know, relatively tough. They they just couldn't keep up with the talent. They're getting 50% of the bets, 75% of the money. Carolina obviously coming off the cover and win outright against Tampa Bay. So I think, you know, if there's any sentiment positively for them, uh, I think it shows up in this line because I think this is a little bit low. I think you'd be getting a little bit of value here on Atlanta. Carolina is the 30th offensive DVOA. So I'm not sure they really have the horses with PJ Walker to expose, you know, the poor Atlanta defense, which is 32nd DVOA. Atlanta's ninth offensively and fourth in specials. So I like those things. They, you know, Atlanta broke the cover streak last week. They had started 6 0 against the spread. So I kind of like them to bounce back here against Carolina, who's coming off their only cover or, or you know, a cover against Tampa. Uh, this line had also been up to six and seven in some place, and it's now it's back down to four. So if it's at four, I kind of like it, even though it's on the wrong side of three. But it's I still feel like there's a little bit of value. But you guys appropriately talked me out of last week, so you know feel free to do it again. Yeah, I didn't have a side here. I think I was maybe leaning Carolina, but I, I think you make good points. Stunner. <laughs> well, it's without rule, so not not quite a stunner. But um, just kind of digging into it, I, I was looking at injuries already. Car- uh, Atlanta, without both their starting cornerbacks, Casey Hayward didn't play last week. AJ Terrell came out of the game. I don't think he's going to play this week. Uh, their starting safety is going to be out with a concussion, which he suffered last week. Atlanta's defense is 32nd in DVOA defense. And so they're going to be down a bunch of guys in their in their secondary, two, maybe two to three cornerbacks and a safety. They're dead last in pressure rate. So now the strength of the defense, the secondary is is kind of like uh, you know in shambles. And PJ Walker, I mean, he was you know he was impressive last week. I, I know he wasn't great in his first start against the Rams this year, but he's three and one against the spread in his career, three and one straight up. This is the first time Atlanta's been favored all season. Uh, and the before the season look ahead line was Carolina minus one and a half. So I, I, I know Trav, you pointed out uh, the look ahead line uh, during the season was uh, minus six and a half. And just thinking out loud, like are these teams that different from each other? I know Atlanta's kind of had some success. They're only one game ahead of Carolina. Carolina's kind of been was frisky early in the season. Then before Rule got fired, they're kind of getting blown out. And then maybe now they're they're picking things back up. These teams seem even to me. So I was thinking maybe a little bit value on Carolina above three, but I wouldn't want to take Carolina here either. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, just just to, on that, I mean, Carolina is the 30th DVOA. Atlanta's 21st and has some legitimate wins. Um, again, you know, ninth offensively. You you made the point about their defense being horrible, but Carolina's offense statistically is no good either. So I don't know. I think they're far enough apart where more you know getting more than a point beyond the normal field goal is was enough. But I, I don't think these teams are very even. Um, but I find staying away. Yeah, I don't think they're that even either. And I and I think if there's one team you can afford to have a banged up secondary against, it's Carolina and Peach. As good as he did play, uh, I just don't think they have the weapons and the consistency to get it done. That that was a, a slog fest with the Bucks for most of that game. Low scoring, no scoring for most of it. And then I know they ripped off some big runs with, with Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard and kind of blew it open in the second half. But uh, one stat, teams coming off a double-digit upset, which the Panthers did last week, are 2-18 and 18 straight up and 8-11-1 against the spread when they are listed as a dog versus a divisional opponent the next week. I said that correctly. You got that? That's <laughs> <laughs> a little Process. confusing, but that, that's a good one to uh, <laughs> to bust out. Yeah, I, I just think the Falcons are pretty good, and they're tied for first with the Bucks. They might be the favorite to win this division now if the Bucks are going to play like this the rest of the year. I, I think the Panthers are bad, and that was kind of like a Super Bowl kind of win for them. That that that's going to be a, a really hard come down come this next week. Do you interesting. See these teams play twice in the next week. And it looks like that second one is a Thursday night game. So they're going to play twice here in less than less mm. than 10 days, or they're going to play twice in 10 days. Yeah. Bets are 50, 50, 75% of the money is on Atlanta. So I also like that. I don't want to get fooled by Carolina. They're not good, but maybe they're not as bad as I think as Mark is saying, I can't tell a lot of favorites so far. We're throwing out Mark. Do you have any dogs? Yeah, I like, uh, I'm assuming you guys are going to like this game too. I, I like Cleveland plus three and a half first since he on Monday night, divisional home dog, uh, look ahead line here was Cincy minus two and a half. The last two years, the Bengals have been underdogs in Cleveland. The Browns have won four straight for Cincy. I, I don't have much of a case otherwise, but I, I just think it's like a good spot to to take Cleveland coming off a loss and the Bengals coming off a blowout win. Mm, I haven't really considered yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really either. I mean, I, I think I think Mark, you're you're right. Probably, I just feel a little bit like butthurt by Cleveland because <laughs> we've been on them so many times in these games that you know they haven't covered and then. You know, we we knocked them out last week, and they did cover against Baltimore. So I just don't think I can be rational yeah. about them, but I, I'd be fine taking them as a home dog. Yeah, I do like the idea of of fading the Bengals off a blowout victory. I'm I'm losing three. I don't know. I don't know if three and a half. Oh, I see three. Anywhere. I saw three so, too, but that doesn't excite me as much. But maybe more u- unique. Those those primetime games in Cleveland crowds usually pretty rowdy. So I kind of like that. Maybe the defense comes to play a little. You know that that Bengals offensive line still a little shoddy. Yeah, I could be talking this one for sure. 77% of the bets are on the Bengals. 67% of the money is on the Bengals. Seems like everybody's jumping ship on, on Cleveland. It sounded like they were pretty pretty mad in the locker room after their most recent losses, as they should be. They're 2-5. and five. Oh, Jacoby's bad. Yeah, I didn't I see much of that game, that Ravens game. I didn't, I didn't either. I was just going to say the same thing. It seemed I, like it, it was I, close, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, oh, this just seems like a, they, a, a kitchen sink game. They were down big, right? Uh, were they? I, I thought they were down big and then fought back. I don't know because didn't we say like early on good stay away with Cleveland? No, maybe you're right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it either. So yeah, because we had what it was plus six and a half last week. I think they only lost by three though. They ended up covering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They covered, but I think they were down early. Yeah, just two straight divisional uh, games. Like I'm sure they're going to come out, especially in prime time. No, maybe I agree. It's just just much better. I don't know. Looks like they were down 20 to 10 at one point, but they were winning 10 to three early. So, okay. Yeah, I could be talking to the Browns here. Uh, All right, Chav, you mentioned those big numbers. Those are really the only three games that I have left. So 
and I like all three of the big numbers this week, uh, one side or the, or the other. So let's let's get to them. My favorite one is probably Dallas minus nine and a half against the Bears, if that's the number. Bears traded away Robert Quinn today off a big primetime win. I just think it's a great fade spot. Teams with back-to-back road games with the second coming on a short rest are 17-23 and one against the spread the last 20 years. And, you know, just a big primetime win. I still think Fields just isn't that good. They do run the ball well, but this Dallas defense is great. I think I sent you guys that stat this week that, you know, nobody's getting pressured more than Justin Fields, and that works against some teams, but not against a Dallas defense like this. So love that matchup. Zeke Elliott probably not going to play. Love that. Tony Pollard could be running wild, uh, but is nine and a half too many points. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I didn't have uh, much of a case on either side here. I think I thought it was like the right number. Uh, I think it's, it's fair to maybe fade the Bears off that Monday night win. The question is, like, do you guys think the Bears figured out something offensively, like with kind of the designed runs they had Fields doing? It was almost like Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens-esque, I thought. And I, and I do like Eberflus as kind of a defensive coach. Maybe he can kind of keep Dak and that offense in check. So I think it was maybe a little bit of a high high line. But, you know, it, like you said, it's a good fade spot. Yeah, I like Dallas here, too. I mean, it's possible Chicago found something offensively. They also benefited from a massive amount of turnovers, right? I mean, it does concern me a little bit that this is laying nine and a half with a 42 and a half over under, right? That's a pretty, um, you're laying an awful lot of points in that situation. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like Cirque is going to fuck us here and not give us nine and a half. They're going to give us 10, which I think I would still lay, but I wouldn't like it. I'd be, be angry about it. The trends are good with Dallas. You know, they are the third DVOA team right now and Chicago still 28. So I, I don't, I think the number's fine. Dallas offensively, we talked about last week, like before when we were analyzing Detroit and putting them in the Dallas really hadn't scored a lot of points uh, during the year. And that held true in the Detroit game. That's what was so frustrating about that loss is the defense played well. And like that part of the equation played out, the offense just didn't uh, do anything particularly with the goal line fumble. So that was a frustrating loss, but I, I'd go back to, I would go the other way and take Dallas here. I, I still like this one. I mean, just look at it. Like, I don't. Dallas hasn't put up more than twenty-five points in a game this yeah, year. Yeah, still, because that's what we said last that's week, crazy. and then they only scored what sixteen. Last week they scored twenty-four. But I mean, that game was though. What was it? Was it like ten-six going into the fourth quarter when yeah. Detroit was driving? Like, yeah, it's not pretty. Maybe that's it's a lot too big. of points to be laying. Yeah. Well, defense is good. I mean, the D they don't give up. Obviously, with their record, they you they wouldn't give up a lot of points. I mean, they're second DVOA. Yeah. Chicago's 31st offensively. Like that's an attractive matchup for the Bears defense. Like the Lions, I mean, let's put it like this. The Lions offense before the the Pats game, which was then before the bye, which was then before the Dallas game, was awesome. Like they scored a ton of points. And the yeah. Cowboys held them in check. And Chicago is not that type of offense. I mean, outside of Philly, they haven't given up more than 17. Well, I guess they gave up 19 in week one to Tampa, but that was only one touchdown. This yeah, defense is that's good. That's a really good D. I like it. Could be unique. What are the trends? I think it, uh, I think it's going to be 35, yeah, 60, 65, Dallas. Yeah, 64% of the bet Chicago, 66% of the money, Dallas. Yeah, I like it. You got to take some swings. It's big games. On the other side, I, I do like, I think I like Pittsburgh going against the Eagles getting 10. We'll probably just get a flat 10 in the Circa. I'm seeing 10.5 in some places. Super Contest, I saw, put 10.5 out, which is annoying, but we don't do them anymore. Monster dogs in four straight games. The Steelers are. They're two and one against the spread so far. So they have been playing these kind of tightly aside from getting blown out in Buffalo. Obviously, they beat the Bucks and then they they covered on Sunday night against the Dolphins when they were seven point favorites, lost by six. That's really all I got. Uh, undefeated teams off a bye are 26 and 15 against the spread the last 20 years. So that favors the Eagles. But 
I, I kind of like fading the undefeated team coming off a bye. When you when you have a bye, you don't take and you're undefeated. You're, you're living the good life. Those those days off, the coaches are giving you time, saying go on vacation, go be with your family. You're not you're not grinding to try and get better here. So they maybe come out a little flat before before turning it on. And I think Pickett is at least useful, even though he, he throws some dumb interceptions to at least keep this offense around. Did you have any opinion here, Mark? Uh, yeah, I kind of liked uh, Pittsburgh too. Um, I was thinking Pickett, he threw three picks, I think, last week. So maybe some turnover reversion uh, this week. Thought he looked, I thought he looked decent like overall just watching that game. like He was slinging it. like They were coming down the field uh, in the fourth quarter to uh, maybe take take the lead or tie that game. Just threw that, that bad pick. But I think the, the trends look great. Battle of Pennsylvania. Give me the points, 10 and a half. Yeah, I, I like the Steelers too, particularly because of the trends. I mean, you know, this... I'm going to say it in this case, you're getting 10 points and a 43 over under. So I like that, even though Dallas, we went the other way. I mean, Pickett, to be fair, has thrown seven interceptions in four games. So um, this is a second three interception game, you know, in in a month. But yeah, I'm fine. I want to take Pittsburgh. I like Tomlin as a dog. I like everything you said, Mike, about the Eagles coming off the bye. So I'm, I'm there on Pittsburgh. All right. And then the final big game. First glance, I think you're like, oh, you got to take Rodgers. The trends are good. It's first time ever being a double-digit dog in his career. But I, I feel like everyone's going to take Rodgers this week. Like, If, if we want to try and make headway here, the unique side would probably be to take Buffalo. And I'm, I don't think I'm prepared to lay that against Rodgers in primetime. Uh, bets are 50-50. 81% of the money is on Green Bay. Line's definitely too high. I mean, it opened at four. Or the look ahead was four. Now it's 11 and a half. Packers are still three and four. I don't know. I have no idea what to do here. I'm so confused by the Packers this year. What do you think initially, Trev? I had a light circle on Green Bay just because of the trends more than anything else. And they haven't covered in five weeks and are two and five against the spread for the year. I don't know how they would keep this game relatively close, but I, I did have a light circle on Green Bay. Yeah, it sounds like Lazard's not going to play either. As if, you know. So who, who are the receivers then? Because Cobby comes out. Well, Sammy, Sammy Watkins is back. The savior. He, he didn't. He didn't perform though. And then they got the rookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they got their running backs and Tanya. Well, which is what they should be doing, by the way. They should be fucking running the ball. Like I, that yeah, I don't really do. understand about what they're doing, but maybe now well, they have their to. offensive line's been, been terrible too, I think. Yeah. So I mean the Bills I feel like the Bills didn't play great in that Chiefs game. Big win for them. Then they go into the bye. It's probably the right time to go against them. <sighs> against the Bills? Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not dying to take this game either way. McDermott three and one against spread off a of bye. Uh, I, I was trying to think of like because we kind of went on it last week by taking the Bears. Like, what's the game nobody wants to take? Maybe, maybe it is the Bills. Like, because I, I couldn't find find another game that like I didn't think Steelers. You know, Who wants to take the Steelers? It's a lot of points. I don't know. Yeah, could be the Bears again. By the way. <laughs> 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 Yeah. yeah, Mark's uh, ugly theory last week of taking the ugliest game on the board yeah, hit with both the Panthers and the Bears. So, yeah. Could be the Saints, by the way. Yeah. We haven't gotten there yet. But. Just one stat I had written down. I don't know if this necessarily applies broadly, but after week eight is when bad teams start performing bad teams start performing more badly against the spread. Teams with a 40% or worse winning percentage facing a team with a 60% or more winning percentage are 159, 187, and 11 against the spread after week eight. So Obviously, dogs have been crushing it this year, just not the ones we take. But uh, in general, dogs have been doing really well. So statistically, after week eight is when maybe some of those tanking dog teams start to tank a little bit more. I don't, I don't know who we could really pencil in in that group other than maybe Detroit and Houston. But just something to keep in mind. One last yeah. thing on that. if we, I mean, the Bills in their last 
four games. I mean, they lost by two to the Dolphins. They beat the Ravens by three, the Chiefs by four, and then they blew out the Steelers. So, I mean, outside of the Steelers game, these are relatively, you know, they've played a, a handful of close games recently, even though they, they feel invincible. Yeah, right. And it's an out-of-conference game, so it doesn't matter as much to them as maybe it would matter to the Packers, who are three and four. The, the Buffalo plays the Jets next week, too. Could be a battle for first place. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah i guess i would keep green bay around right it's so many points with rogers that, that was my initial lean too but i just think it's gonna be really popular who wouldn't yeah. want to take this right yeah do you have any others Trav, that you liked not really i have like the lightest possible circle on denver in london 35 percent of the bet 60 percent of the money but i don't really want to go back to them so and russell's playing after working out on the plane so yeah which you know what Maybe that maybe maybe being in a different country will help. I mean, he lives his life on a different fucking planet. So maybe being out of the country yeah. is uh, is good. This game's on ESPN plus only. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that. 930 in the morning. So get your streamers ready early. Everyone. Yeah, I, I just question whether Hackett's like competent enough to take a team overseas. Yeah, I, yeah. I, did, I, I would assume he's probably not. Doesn't but, sound like the Dougie Peterson. I mean, if you listen to Mark, I don't know if you listen to James Robinson talk today when he arrived at Jets camp. Doesn't sound no, like he's exactly. a big fan about what's going on in Jacksonville either. Just Is that, that right? like, nobody knows what's going on. The communication was really poor between him and the team. Like he wanted to play last week and they deactivated him. Maybe it's because they were trying to trade him, but mm-hmm. he made it seem like it was kind of a shit show down there, which would make sense at two and five and loads of talent. I mean, the Jags are coming off two brutal losses. I mean, the Colts yeah. two weeks ago, that was like a last last second play. And then, you know, they get to the goal line against the Giants like on the last second play last week. Like that's, those are yeah. tough to swallow. I'm not looking to wake up at 930 and get involved in this game. <laughs> with Russ. Yeah. What or, time or is it going to be it. in Denver? It'll be, it, what time? Uh, yeah, it'll be, it would be what? 630 in Denver? 730 in the morning? Yeah, 730 in the morning. 730, yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty yeah. funny. I, but Mark, uh, Mike, you said the Jags with, with all their talent. What what exactly are you? I don't know. To After when they were two and one, and they were like, they're still like pretty good in DVOA. Like people seem to really like the team that they have with Etienne and Trevor and Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Like they have some stuff going on. They have good pass rushers with Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. They have decent linebackers in secondary. Like they have a good team. It seems like on paper, but they've been shitting the bed for four weeks in a row. I am. Uh, I'm yeah. worried about my Jags futures. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... when they were up fourteen nothing on the Eagles, oh you, my guys, God. you guys sent those texts. Their entire season has gone down in fucking points <laughs> since that exact moment. It's just amazing. Uh, I mean, I oh. do like like you say Zay Jones and and Christian Kirk, who were each like the third and fourth receiver on average teams before they got to Jacksonville. Yeah, but I know. Okay. Yeah, that's probably enough on that game. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Anything else for you? Uh, the only game I was going to throw out was uh, Indy minus three versus Washington. It's kind of a weird line, but um, I'm just going to go with that that backup quarterback theory. I know it hasn't hit maybe the last couple times, but you know Sam Ellinger making you know his first start. I think the look ahead line here was minus six. I don't think there's much difference between what Matt Ryan's been doing and whatever Ellinger is capable of. Uh, I read today that Ron Rivera missed practice today. I think he's in California dealing with a family matter. So, you know, if he's not around, I know he's not like the best head coach, you know, you still lose, you know, your, your leader. They got um, Jack Del Rio in there though. I mean, he's, yeah, true. <laughs> true. He's done it before. 
I don't know. I, I was thinking maybe taking Indy coming off uh, coming off a loss too. It is yeah, right I, season. I, I'd be curious. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate it at all. I mean, you're fading Washington off of a win. That's fine. I agree with you. Ellinger couldn't be worse than what Ryan was. What worries me is the offensive line. I think was um, at the root of some of Ryan's issues. Although he definitely held on to the ball a little bit too long. Fresh blood. I'm fine with. I, I, I don't hate it. What, what's yeah. your read on Ellen? Sorry, Mike. No. Ellinger is like a college quarterback. Do either you guys see him playing? So, like I, yeah, I know nothing. I mean, about he was him. he was a four star. <laughs> no, he was a four star recruit out of a big high school in Texas Westlake, which is where a lot of guys come from. In his last three seasons, he played four years, and his last three seasons, he threw eighty three touchdowns and twenty interceptions, sixty five percent completion percentage. He, he was he was a good college quarterback. He fell in the draft. I don't really know why. Uh, he's only six one, so maybe his size hurt him. But I mean, he was he was a big time recruit and did not have a bad college career. I mean, Heineke did not look good. From I mean, we, we doubled Washington. That was the one good thing we did last week. But he threw a pick six that was awful, so telegraphed and so slow. He had another fumble return for a touchdown that was called back for a penalty. Another interception that was just hit the ground and was overturned. So. He 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 gives the ball up for grabs and it, it's there for the taking. I, I think the Colts defense is getting healthy, so it could be a good spot to go against Heineke here. I I, I just got to say I love that Brian Robinson running back. He, the guy, the kid who got shot. Yeah. He, he runs really hard and is good. Fun watch. Do, do you think the Colts so, were planning this like regardless of what was going to happen last week to like switch to Ellinger, or do you think it was like Ryan's performance like did it? I in? don't know. I mean, if they win last week, they're four two and one with Matt Ryan. Like they can't. Yeah, they can't bench him at that point, but he's he's too slow. He can't get away from anything, and their offensive line isn't as good as it once was. Yeah, I mean they're uh, you know they're three three and one. I'd like to talk about the Titans next, but they're three three and one Indy, right? Like that's they're they're not yeah. dead, and I don't think they would make this move if if they thought that you know it was going to be a significant downgrade. Just as an aside, West Lake, the high school that he came from, Drew Brees, Nick Foles, and Justin Tucker, not bad. Oh yeah, wow, good pedigree. So you like the Titans, Trev? Um, so I, I kind of do like the Titans, but for a weird reason. I know they're laying one and a half on the road uh, in Houston. They're getting only, or they're getting seventy percent of the bets, only fifty percent of the money. This line was coming in at five and a half, and it's down to one and a half. Presumably, I think because Tannehill was in a boot after the last game. I, I don't really care who, who the quarterback is. I, if it's Tannehill or Malik Willis, which sounds crazy to lay one and a half as a road fave. But I think four point swing in the line because Tannehill may not play um, was interesting to me. It's not a top play, but I, I think it would be in the bottom of my top ten. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, we, I know we talked earlier this week about how Houston plays their division well and everybody else poorly, and, yep. and we can't seem to learn that or capitalize on it since we continue to take the Texans and get and they get roasted by non AFC South teams. But they're two and zero against the spread in the division this year, four and two last year, as you pointed out. So that worries me. That's all. They know how to play yep. these teams, and maybe that's it. And I, I yeah. don't know about that Malik Willis. I did see him in preseason. It didn't seem like a lot of running. Yeah. It's kind of like a Justin Fields type situation where he's maybe a little afraid to to make the throws that he needed to. So I, I don't feel a need to get involved there. I don't want to take the Texans. All these one and a half point games this week, I have no interest in. Vegas minus one and a half at New Orleans. Screw both those teams. <laughs> Although whoever loses that is done, right? Two and four against two and five. And then. San Francisco minus one and a half at Rams. I kind of liked San Francisco initially, but the, all the money and bets are on them. So that seems square as shit. And we know Shani owns McVay. So that's a tough spot. And then we can talk about Giants, Seattle. Giants getting three out West. Line kind of seems spot on to me. I don't 
I don't feel a need to get involved in that one either. Either way, did you try? Yeah. I'm expecting the Giants to get waxed at some point. It could be this week, especially with, with the two offensive yeah. line starters missing, but I, I still don't have yep, the I guts agree. to take it. Mark, did you, did you have? I just, if, if that line were anything but three. I, yeah. I mean, you guys know the Giants much better than I do. I, I, I kind of like them getting three. The offensive line is, suppose, what, is what has me off of it. That's, that's got what it. I'm worried. Yeah. Especially yeah. in Seattle, like with the noise, there's going to be some false starts, some holding penalties because Neil struggled, but he's still better than Tyre Phillips or whoever our, our backup is. And then Bredesen has actually played really well the last couple of weeks. And now he's out that this rookie Josh Azudu is, is freaking terrible. He has like a 20 PFF grade. He's not clearly not ready for the big time yet. I know Nick Gates is back from IR this week. He had a broken leg in the preseason. So that, that seems like a pretty tall task for him to, to step into. Well, he, he yeah, like snapped his leg in half last year. Uh, Oh, right, 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 right. Wasn't the preseason. Um, maybe the move is to grab the under, because I, I was going to throw out some stuff about, you know, D, I think DK Metcalf's going to be out for Seattle. Gino has been great overall, but against the Blitz, he's he's 22nd when facing the Blitz, and, and the Giants Blitz at the uh, the highest rate in the NFL. Um, so I, I think they'll struggle to score points. Uh, but I didn't realize that the Giants' offensive line injuries. So maybe the, maybe the move is to grab the under. Yeah, I think that's all the games. Oh, Detroit, right. Miami. That's not three and a half. Yeah. Now Miami three and a half at Detroit. Do we have the guts to take the lines again? I, I was thinking there would be some some golf turnover reversion, maybe. He yeah, sucks. He a bunch last week. Um I, I don't think this Miami defense is particularly good, but maybe the Detroit defense was playing. I don't know how the defense is gonna cover no, no, Waddle and Hill. Like that's what worries me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. The, the one game I was thinking and Mikey glossed over it. And I have really no case, but just all the like advanced stats on the Saints seem to be I very positive. I just can't do it with them anymore. They're just not good. Uh, I mean, Dalton threw two pick sixes in their last game. You got to figure he's going to correct that. That's not going to happen two weeks in a row. <laughs> Saints. I don't know. I don't know. What is it? I think it's the game nobody point. wants to take. Uh, is the Saints. I agree. Two. I kind of like the Raiders. Uh, Look ahead here with Saints minus one. Dennis Allen revenge game. <laughs> I don't want to watch this game. I don't want to. Oh. <laughs> they they might have just too many injuries, but yeah, um, I, I, I got to avoid it. I, I think Lattimore's still out. That's a big loss. Andrews Pete's out. They just they're so banged up. Those receivers don't seem like they want to play. Michael Thomas and Landry don't don't play anymore. Kamara did look spry last Thursday. That was about it. We he liked the way awesome. he was running early. Yeah. So did Josh Jacobs though. My God, he killed us. I, I think we take a look at the injury report for the Saints. Right. If you guys don't mind keeping around to just appease me for, for a day. <laughs> Let me take a look right now at the Wednesday at least. Wednesday's BS. Yeah, but if it's guys who didn't play last week, that's a good not a good sign. If they're True. still DNPs today. Let's see here. Saints Raiders, right? These are lengthy reports for both teams. <laughs> Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, no practice. Adam Troutman, no practice. Marshawn Lattimore, no practice. Pete Limited, that's an upgrade. Uh, as is that that tackle Ryan Rim sick or whatever, he was limited. Jameis full today. They could be going back to Jameis. <laughs> they said Dalton. They yeah, said, said Dalton yeah. starting. Oh, God damn it! I want Jameis. I'm ready to go back mm. to them when Jameis is back. I don't know You're if I can do it. Andy, with Andy after one bad performance. No, they've lost. How many? What? What have they been doing? They're te- they're terrible. <laughs> he stinks. Like 
his he throws are not until last he's week. okay but like his throws are just like a little bit off sometimes and that's it and you got to be perfect don't forget about Taysom either got andy andy threw for 361 yards and four touchdowns last week <laughs> and they got their doors blown off but still uh saints have lost five of six only win against the seahawks when we had them laying five and a half too if we're going to keep New Orleans in on the justification that the lines moved by two points, I really want to keep Tennessee in, given yeah, that I'd lines rather moved by four points. get them both out. I, I could do Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee's they've won and covered four in a row, including I know we always talk about Brable as a dog, but they've covered two and a half against Indy and you know zero and a half. I, a half I agree if Tannehill's playing, but laying points with a rookie running rookie quarterback on the road doesn't seem mm. smart in a division game. Well, let's keep it Let's around. Go counter. I think sure. Both keep, it, keep it around. All right. If we keep Tennessee around, then we have 10 games that we've talked about. New England, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Arizona, Cleveland, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Indy, and Tennessee. Any stand out as games you, you don't like as much as the rest of those bunch? Do we want to force Tampa Bay tomorrow or just, just move off that now? I don't see the need to force Tampa. I agree. I mean, okay. I kind of want to just for fun, but I yeah. think discretion is the better part of valor. I, I think we should pass. Okay. I don't get the Arizona thing, but I'm happy to take it. I, I don't understand this line at all. I, I agree. I, like, I, it's it's so weird that I'm okay keeping it around, but I, it's fishy I, to me. I it's like, what does it. Vegas know? Why is this three and a half four? Wait, you guys think it should be higher? No, I think it should Leo's, be. I think it should be three. I, I, I disagree. I don't know. Well, why exactly would it have come down from almost six or from six on Sunday to three and a half? I don't know. Hopkins when is Arizona back. didn't play. What? Arizona scored 42 points this week. They, they had a good week. Yeah. Well, like you said, two of those were pick sixes, which is, you know, know, Kirk can throw pick sixes too. And the offensive line's destroyed. Yeah. Like I, I want to keep, I like, I, it's so bizarre. I want to go with Arizona. I have no problem with it, but like we have to go in eyes wide open. Yeah. The offensive line is not, not exciting for me. That's tough. Yeah. Um, okay, but we'll, we'll sort this all out. We'll get our picks out to you on Saturday. Just in case you were wondering who was doing the ESPN plus game. It is your buddy, Trav, Steve Levy and Orlovsky and Riddick. So you can wake up early with them. Watch it on your phone. Boy, I don't like Orlovsky. <laughs> He's a pain in the ass. Mark jets have had some pretty great announcers. You got Iron Eagle again this week. Pat's jets. New March madness. Number one. Yeah. Where do you guys think Nancy and Romo are this week? Uh, are they doing, doing like a true CBS game? No. That makes it harder. Miami, Detroit? <laughs> no, that, that, that's a that's Catalan and Lofton. Yeah. Oh, they're doing, I bet, what are they doing? Pittsburgh, Philly? Yeah, Pittsburgh, Philly. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. The Giants had Chris Myers and Mark Schlereth this past week. And I know, Trav, it was the same for you. But the first like five minutes of the game, the announcers were off. And it was glorious because once they came on, it was just verbal diarrhea from both of those guys yeah. who, were, who were just awful. And they they apologized profusely at the top. Like, we're so sorry we, we were gone. And everyone was just like, no, we were cool without you guys. Well, Stink, Stink made the joke he got on. He's like, oh, it was my best five minutes of announcing ever. You guys missed it. Uh, like, good uh, one. Sure it wouldn't have gone in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no. How are the Vikings five and one and two and four against the spread? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe that's the case. Take Arizona. Like the Vikings will just win by three again or something like that. All right. I don't see anything. The announcers are just boring. They're not even fun talking about it anymore. I agree. It's sad. It used to be fun. We need uh, a keep to lead back. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
you have a prison cell call from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rough assignments. Uh, Hockley's doing Panthers Falcons, so yay. Clay Martin was just atrocious this past week. Like he's a mess. He did the the Packers game. There there were a bunch of games this week, either started in the one o'clock or four o'clock time zone that were so far behind the other games because of reviews, huddles, officials not knowing what to do. The Clay Martin thing, especially that Packers Commanders game, didn't end until like four thirty. Oh, that was when they were reviewing that like long fumble for like literally yeah. like fifteen minutes. He's doing a uh, Titans Texans. Somehow the Giants have Jerome Boger again this week. Oh, god damn it. In Seattle too. The Giants was a similar one and the Giants started out quick. Like the first quarter flew. Yeah. And then like they were going at 432. Yeah. A lot of that last games. drive I was listening on the radio. Um that last drive took forever. Yeah. Did you guys see the uh the Mike Evans thing? Yeah. What yeah, I guess that? I guess he claimed. Did you see the justification? Yeah. He yeah, claimed yeah. that like they both went to Texas A and M and he was getting his number for a golf lesson. <laughs> tough, tough to buy that one. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't come up with something better than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's rough. Really weird. And like he knew the the golf yeah. pro's number. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was giving Mike Evans was giving his own number to the guy to say the pro to call him. Yeah, it's okay. very strange. I think it's strange enough that I think it's true. I don't. I, <laughs> okay, I, it actually makes sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, that Chiefs game also ended at like eight, almost eight o'clock too. Chiefs Niners. Yeah, it was a long one. You guys, we I I might have just made you guys gloss over that game, but just I want to make sure no one cared about 49ers Rams. Uh, I I want to like Shanahan, but I, I think there's no value on the line. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good stay away for us last week. Um I I agree. I would like Shanahan. I just can't I don't know what the read of the Rams should be. I feel like I don't have less of a read. The two teams I have no read on at all. I'm sure there's more, but are are I feel like Vegas and the Rams. Right. Yeah, the Rams are tough. I gotta see what they look like out of a bye too. Maybe they maybe they fix some things or or worked on the offensive line and play calling. Should yeah. okay, whatever. We'll stay away from that one. Mark uh, trivia. Yeah, speaking of uh, Mike Evans, uh, I had asked the listeners to name the only player in NFL history to start his career with eight consecutive seasons with at least 1,000 yards receiving. Mike Evans was the correct answer. Uh, Mike Schimmel had guessed Larry Fitz. That's also a good guess. And Doug Breckner had correctly guessed Mike Evans. So nice job, Doug. Um, for you guys this week, I'm I think little... Kung, Kung guessed Mark Duper. So that, that was oh, amazing. shoot. I forgot to write that down. Love that guess, Kung. Love it. <laughs> Um, Mark Duper, Dolphins legend. Uh, for you guys this week, I'm a little unprepared for trivia. So, um, and tomorrow is Thursday night football, so which means we get to see Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, who I've, I've enjoyed as like a studio guy. I think he's been he's been good. I like what he wears. Kind of flashes it up with his clothing. Uh, he's he's on Bill Simmons's podcast a couple of weeks ago. Thought he was great. Um, I want you guys to alternate naming the teams that Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for. <laughs> so no, no quick Googling or anything. I think you guys can just alternate teams okay. that Ryan Fitzpatrick has played for. All right. Well, Trav's up one now on the air. So I'll start out with the Jets. That's correct. Dolphins. Also correct. Uh, Bills. NFC, AFC is done. 
Redskins. They were called the Washington football team, but I'll give it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Bengals. Bengals. Nice. Bucks. Bucks. Those were fun years with the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, we're getting dicey now. I think I only have one more. Rams. Rams is one. Texans. Um, Texans is another. There's more. There's, I think, one more. Um, yeah, one more. All right, for all the marbles. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get it. Uh, damn it. Uh, I got to guess. Dead air. Lions. <laughs> no, it's not the Lions. I don't know why I thought that was funny. Sorry. Is it the Titans? The Titans. Nice. Uh. 2013, he was with the Titans. Uh, I do not remember started that. Started nine games. Nine games? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Went three and six. Mike Munchak was the coach. <laughs> it's a forgettable era, Titans football history. Who else? Uh, who's he throwing to on that team? Yeah, who's on that team? What year was that? 2013? Kenny Britt, Justin oh, yeah. Hunter, Nate Washington, Kendall Wright. I forget. <sighs> who did stuff. He, who did he spell at quarterback? Was Jake Locker? Had he left? They drafted Locker and um, no, yeah, it was Locker. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the beginning of the end. That probably was the end. I Definitely guess. was it. Yeah, <laughs> the one and only. Yep. Locker was the team captain. Ah, wow. You think you know a guy? Wow. All right, nicely done, Trav. You've you've been dominating me lately. I got to come prepared next week. But, uh, Thank you. Uh, all right, send us all right, out. Let me. Yeah, send the listeners out with one. Um, Really enjoyed the uh, Monday night game, watching our our Bears cover. Um, Justin Fields, I thought, played very well. Um, did a lot of running. And at 23 years and 233 days old, he became the second youngest uh, quarterback to win a game against Bill Belichick in Foxborough. I'm asking you, the listeners, can you name the youngest player to ever win a game against Bill Belichick in New England? I assume that's a quarterback, but yes, youngest player. Sorry, quarterback. Yeah, to win a game as the quarterback in Foxborough. Tweet at us. You can leave the answer in Spotify. Text us. Whatever you need to do. We love getting your trivia guesses. Participation is really great lately, so let's keep it up. And uh, time to break out here. Week eight. We got a lot of uh, interesting games to talk about, and uh, we'll get our picks out to you on Saturday, and we'll talk to you next week. 